everybody, and welcome to the classroom. Hello. Um, of course, we are continuing on with the Hunger Games series, book two, Catching Fire. Um, today, we are going to talk all the way up to the announcement of the this quarter quell. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll give a very much of a spark note edition <laughs> of the plot, um, per usual. Uh, Brett, would you like to start? Of course. I don't know what my voice did there, but that was <laughs> disgusting. Go ahead, speak, please. Um, yeah, so this uh, the novel sort of starts off uh, after they've been home for a little while after the games. Uh, everything's sort of getting ready, uh, not back to normal yet. In fact, quite the opposite. Everything feels very foreign. Uh, Katniss and her family are back in, uh, or back in their sort of, um, instead of the hob, Sorry, I said that wrong. Uh, instead of the seam, they are now in the Victor's District uh, with Peta and Hamish. They are uh, quite wealthy, and they are sort of doing what they can to spread that around the community uh, as much as they are sort of legally and illegally allowed to do. Um, but uh, soon, uh, President Snow stops by and is like, hey, uh, I'm aware that you are not actually in love with Peta. So you're going to need to do a very good job on this Victor tour uh, where they go around all the districts. You need to do such a good job that you convince me that you are truly in love. So then uh, that picks up with the the team rolling in, making Katniss all pretty. Um, And then she lets Peta and Haymitch know that, hey, uh, Snow said that. Uh, Ooh. Uh, And then Haymitch is like, okay, y'all need to get married. Um, you can prolong it. You can you can hold off as long as you want, but ain't gonna ain't gonna stop. Um, so they begin their tour throughout the districts. Uh, the first stop, of course, is District Eleven, um, and Peter gives his usual speech, and then Katniss notices Rue's family. Um, I believe they also give part of their winnings to the to the family there. Uh, some old man decides to do the little little tune that Katniss and Rue had in the games. He gets gagot um, <laughs> by a peacekeeper. Uh, Panic ensues. They get locked up into this, like, very dusty room in the top of the building. And Hamish was like, you cannot step a toe out of line. This is how people die. Um, your goal right now is to remain alive. Like, So they go about this very wishy-washy rest of the victors tour. Katniss learns a lot of the names and faces and then the kids and the games. Um, roll up to the, to the end of the victors tour at the president's mansion. And Katniss and Peter get engaged. And they learn. Oh, one of the scenes that always sticks out to me is when they're at the the president's like victory tour, for, like party for them. And Katniss is like, "I cannot eat another thing. I'm so the full." Epicac, yeah. And then, and then the one of the prep team people is like, "Oh, we'll drink this fun little drink and go yak." And she's like, "There are people starving, and you vomit for fun." I'm like, "Ooh, that sounds like an eating disorder, but we'll keep going." <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> um. So uh, there's. Katniss and Peta and Hamish, they're slowly figuring out, like, as they're going along, they need to both act better for the sake of their lives and also because there is rumors of a um, rebellion happening, uh, which is not very great for the capital. Um, Keep speaking. What are you – what was that? Okay. <laughs> um, I was making a phase. Okay. Sorry. Um <laughs> So after figuring this out, uh, they are sort of going along with the tour uh, and seeing more and more sort of little sparks and trying to figure out what's happening. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Katniss and Gail have a bit of a conversation and are talking about, we could just run away. We could run away right now uh, and leave everything behind. We could take as many people as we want and we could just 
live outside in the forest. Uh, we can do, we can survive out there for as long as we want. Uh, Gail is talking about how this is a bad idea and she's not going to go with him as if PETA is coming. And there is a lot more tension between those two mm-hmm. as it sort of builds in uh, the sort of decisions that Katniss has to make between uh, PETA and Gail uh, sort of intensifies a little bit more. Um, and as Katniss sort of comes back from that, uh, soon after, Gail is actually in stocks being beaten with a cat of nine tails whip <laughs> uh, for hunting game illegally. Yeah, plot twist. There's a new new sheriff in town, um, and then he beats Katniss, and then Hamish is like, whoa, no, none of that. You're not a lot. No, mean. <laughs> that's so rude. Um, but then, of course, uh Gail goes, they, they drag Gail to Kat- Katniss's house so her mom can heal him and kind of just take care of him. And then they learn that back before the previous peacekeeper, like head peacekeeper, whippings were super common. They're just lucky it happened in the winter so that like they can kind of take care of Gail. Katniss gives Gail a little, little kissy kiss. Um, and she's like, oh, I love him. But also, no. Um, um, what else? Oh, Katniss then... Um, Snow happen. The, the snow happens, and they get a big blizzard in District 12, and Katniss is like, okay, this is the time that I will sit, and we will game plan some things and figure out what's happening and stuff. Um, and then she decides to sneak off into the woods. Surprise! The fence is live once she goes into the woods. Um, she meets up with some girls fleeing District 8. They, wa- they show her, like, yes, we're going to District 13. You were the symbol. Um, so then that's when Katniss has to jump over the fence by yeeting herself off of the tree. She bums out her ankle. Um, and then the last section we read is Katniss sitting there as they're announcing what the quell will be. And plot twist, the victors are going back. And that's where we left off on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) The existing Um. pool of victors. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Surprise. Rachel's here. I didn't actually introduce you. No, you didn't. Here I am. Wow, that was spiteful. Well, we got Rachel here. Uh, now, now you know if you didn't before. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad for air. Um, <laughs> so, um, this is uh, just starting in sort of general opinions here. Um, of course, we've read this before, but I really like the way that they are portraying uh, Snow and the sort of power that he's throwing around where everything feels e- both like an instant knee-jerk reaction and something that has been planned for a very long time. He's been waiting for this. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think we'll go ahead and start on that as our fir- one of our one of our conversational pieces for today, one of our themes. Forgot what the word themes was for a second. <laughs> is control. And w- with President Snow showing up to District 12 is exhibiting all of his control, really. He is showing her that no matter where she is or what she's doing or how safe she thinks she is, she isn't. He will always have the upper hand on her. Mm-hmm. And she, kn- Katniss is aware of that, like, especially after his visit. And he lets her know that he knows everything that's been said. Okay, the question I'm going to turn out to you guys is where do you think, not necessarily where snow gets his control um but do you think him showing up to district 12 is the easiest way for him to display that i think it's probably one of the more effective ones um you could air something on tv but that's not going to hit as hard to katniss katniss coming home and having the president be 
in her house is quite a shock to the system for her. Uh, you could see that in in uh, her mother's face. She was like snow white, very tight together, not moving like at all. Um, I, I think that it's very it's in a very effective method at the very least for sort of forcing some fear into Katniss and showing her that I can do what I want when I want. There is nothing in Pan Am that is not under my thumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with all that. It's like if you didn't know before that he was there and very real, here he is like in your hometown. Cause you know, when he's in the capital, he's far away. He's a train ride away. The capital is quite literally, you know, closed off from the rest of the country. Um, the fact that he got up out of his cushy, ch- I'm assuming he sits in a cushy chair, uh, got up from <laughs> said cushy chair to go all the way down to the district shows me one that he's mad, like, being <laughs> mad. Um, and two that he can do that. You know, at the drop of the hat, he can be in your living room. Scary. Also, the fact that he has bugs everywhere. Like yes. she's being listened to. And she knew that about the house, you know, the house, the Victor house that she's in. But the idea, because he knows about the kiss between her and Gail that happens. In the woods. Yeah, before, um, before the, that takes place before this book. A notoriously camera-free place, the woods. Right, right, right. And he's like, mm, I know. She's like, what? Very 1984 of him. <laughs> Very big brother of you. I also think that that's something to be said about Snow. Um, that he just sort of starts off and is like, oh, well, you know, I know about something between you and Gail, that you're uh, not cousins. And as that conversation goes on, Katniss is sort of thinking, okay, what does he know? Does he know about X? Does he know about Y? And every time she basically has one of those thoughts, Snow pipes in and gives more detail. And eventually it's like, I know that you two kissed. I saw that kiss in the woods at 11.54 p.m. on a Tuesday. Like, he had, he had the receipts for that <laughs> he kiss. He showed up with receipts. He had the time. <laughs> well, and another place that we, I think, I mean, I would contribute this to Snow's Control, too, is the new Peacekeeper. Um, what was his name? Romulus Thread. Thread? Yeah, Romulus Thread. Such a douchey name, first of all. <laughs> but, yeah, quite a, quite a well, dumb name. Well, and uh, I'm going to make one point, and this is, little little bit of like a kudos to the author um we've seen that all of the names in district 12 are very you know surrounded you know they're very like rural based mm-hmm. like they're very based on their trade or va- based you know Canis's name is based off the plant and you know, so is prims and stuff and there's this very like natural base to it and i think she's perpetuating this outsider effect too with the name romulus thread Immediately you're thinking, uh, which one? The District 8's textiles, right? Like mm-hmm. you're immediately transported to, oh, he is from a different district. Without even having to be told that. Not only that, but Romulus is a fairly regal name. It right. is not. There's a lot of power with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, kudos to the author for doing that. Because immediately she sets him up as the big bad that he kind of becomes. Yeah. Um, and we see that he immediately institutes control on District 12, more so than they have seen in decades, according to, to Katniss's mom and Haymitch. This is the first whipping that's been seen in the district since they were kids. There's a new sheriff in town. Pew, pew, pew. And his name is Thread. Romulus Thread. <laughs> Sorry, that's that really be, good. I was going to say, that might be too good. We might get copyright <laughs> strikes for that one. <laughs> 
I guess to just kind of to spark the conversation here, I'll turn it over to y'all. Um, what kind of po- like what power are we seeing from Thread, and how much does it throw Katniss off? I think the main thing that we are seeing from Thread is that he is using all of the control that is possible in his position. Uh, the previous peacekeeper, Cray, was that his name? Cray? Yeah. Um, he was not really using the full extent of that power. Well, and we're well, inter- well, sorry to interrupt uh, you, no. but we're introduced to him at the the first chapter, second chapter of this book, in which he's in the hob with Katniss in this illegal ring of <laughs> mm-hmm. illegalness. He's uh, sitting there with her. And I, and I, maybe maybe it's not fair to say that Cray is not using his power because uh, he is definitely there. Is some lines in there saying that he is abusing his power and sort of giving food to. Uh, young women that will like sort of you know service him uh prostitutes is, yes just say prostitutes. okay i'm sorry <laughs> yeah cray is paying uh prostitutes with food and using that sort of power dynamic uh to his advantage whereas uh thread is using the exact like verbiage and ver- like verbatim what the law is written of you cannot bring that turkey in i am going to to the full extent of the law punish you as hard as i can and he is just sort of flexing every ounce that he possibly can from that rule book, like looking through with a magnifying glass. <laughs> you can't starve to death if I kill you. Exactly. Pretty much. Can I get a little ACAB on here? Yeah. Okay, so they're like like two sides of like a bad cop coin. So on the one side you have him, abu- you have the old peacekeeper abusing his power um, sort of selfishly, you know, doing these self-serving things. Um, and then on the, the flippity flip, um, you have him, I don't know if abusing is the right word, because it is power given to him, but like you said, using it to the full extent. Both are bad, both are hurting people, and both are self-serving uh, in a different way, because mm-hmm. um, I think with Thread, while he isn't necessarily, like, you know, persecuting people to the full extent of the law, while that isn't necessarily, like, self-serving, like, he's not getting anything from that, he is, though. He's getting this this power trip, and he is showing that he has control. So then on down the line, um, it's probably going to be easier to keep people, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing and not breaking any laws. He's also – he's giving, like, no leniency, uh, especially to this community that is starving quite constantly, even before, like, the sort of hunting and illegal poaching was, like, getting sort of swept to the wayside. Especially after the mines closed down. mm um, later in later in the section that we read for today, we see that the mines are shut down for months, and it's or probably probably about a month, um, and we're seeing that people are starving to death because there is no work. Can't make money. You're not gonna eat, and it's just you've taken away any aspect. And it's also winter time, so there's no legal way for them to live off the land. So, um, well, and we we touched on it very vaguely. Um. Katniss is uncomfortable in the victories in the victory village. She is uncomfortable in her home, and it's not her home; it's her house. It's not her home. To her, her home is still the the shack and the scene. Um, and I guess I just want to offer up this conversation of familiarity, uh, or rather lack of it, that Katniss is feeling across the board, um, both with her home, with and with her relationships. Um, multiple times she says. 
my i will never be able to just be friends with gail ever again the friendship is broken we can go into the woods together and talk but it's not the same there's no more me and him against the world it's me and him against each other and then still against the world um i just want to get yeah get y'all's take on that well you know lots of things happened when katniss went into the games and lots of things you know died there weren't just kids that were dying i mean she her innocence died in the game you know she had to kill people any any sort of like i don't know if virtue is the right word but any innocence or virtue she had about her um that's gone now you know she's killed people she's seen horrible things and done horrible things um, so obviously things are going to be different now. There's no way you can't come back from that. And so not only is she navigating like a new person, you know, she doesn't know herself. She's not familiar with herself, but she's also in a whole new house um, with luxuries that haven't ever been like afforded to her, you know, access to food, a nice house, um, hot water. Yes. And I we've talked about survivor's guilt before. Um and I think we see that here, not just from the people who died in the games, but, like, there are people starving in her neighborhood. Not her neighborhood, necessarily, because, like, the Victor's Village is, like, its own thing. But there are people starving in her district. Um, meanwhile, she's not only surviving, she is thriving off of these, like, victories that she got kind of by accident. Like, she didn't, she didn't plan on, like, winning the games. <laughs> How dare you not die? This all just kind of, like, fell in her lap. She just stumbled upon. But it's all very unfamiliar to her. Mm -hmm. um, you know, having all these nice things. But also, like, living with the fact that, she, you know, she had to kill people. That's not a, like, familiar feeling. Mm -hmm. She well, has to live with that now. Well, and, sorry, I'll let you go. Go ahead, Brett. Okay. Um, I think there's, an, there's another aspect of unfamiliarity here, um, which is the fact that one constant that she knows for sure about the games is that now that you are out of the games, you have now that you have succeeded, you are out of there, you have won. You you're get safe. to live yeah, you're safe. You get to live comfortably. Now, because of the quell, that is truly ripped away from her. There mm -hmm. is no chance for her to, in her mind, be safe again. She has to go back into these games that has tormented her, uh, mentally and physically. Um and that's her, her new reality. For all she knows, this might just keep happening. And this she doesn't know what's going to be coming. Right. And I, one of the words you used was, um, you, you talked about how Katniss was kind of, oh gosh, she, she didn't, she was not aware, or not aware, um, she's lost a lot of aspects of herself. The biggest aspect she's lost is control over her own life. After Snow's visit and after Hamish tells her that, no, you have no other option. You and Peter have to get married. She's lost her autonomy. She, from now on, every decision she has to make in her mind. It has to go through her publicity team. It, ha it has to. It, it, it's not in her control. The capital. Ha and yet again, this wraps into control as well. The capital has their hand in everything she will do forever. One of the biggest things that she she kind of said especially at the beginning was i will never like in the first book was i will never have kids i do not want a family if this is their fate and that's taken away from her you know within the first five chapters of this book she's told no you will have to marry Peta, and it's alluded to that they'll probably have to have kids and like it, there is this force behind it well because they have to you know keep up this 
performance. They right. have to they have to convince President Snow that they're in love, even though he has the receipts and he <laughs> knows that ain't love. There's there's one other small thing of familiarity that I kind of wanted to bring up, which is that um, the creature uh, that she has very little familiarity with, like is aware of Buttercup the cat, <laughs> is the only person that she is, or not even a person, uh, the only thing that she is really tied to at this old house. Uh, they both just get there and sort of hang out for a little bit. She gives the cat some food, scratches it a little bit, and just hangs out with this cat that, in the previous book, she was talking about how much she did not care for this creature. <laughs> so that relationship is, like, almost turned completely on its head. Yeah. Can I go on a movie tangent? Yeah. Okay, they switched the cats between the first and second movie. They also switched directors. But in the first <laughs> movie, it's a... Um, black and white cat. Yeah, it's a black and white cat named Buttercup. Whatever. I'm not here to, like, invalidate experiences or whatever. Um, <laughs> but in the first movie, it's a black and white cat. Okay, that's fine. I don't know if the cat died or what. But then somehow between The Hunger Games, which came out in, like, 2012, and Catching Fire, which came out in, I think, 2013, they got a new cat. Why not just keep the same cat? What or kind cast of cat was a cat? It? Like an orange cat. Like, it was, like, book accurate, but also, like, not Ooh. not accurate to the first movie. Why would you switch cats in the Hunger Games cinematic universe? <laughs> the buttercup was black and white. Let him be black and white. Right. It didn't. I mean, it angered me very much in the first movie, but then it made me even angrier in the second movie. Why would you switch cats? It was very unfamiliar to me. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> what the directors were trying to do, but it hurt me. Um you were Hunger Games compensation. <laughs> Hunger Games creative team, the uh, hit me up. I just want to talk. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I don't know how to transition from that. Um, but cats, cats meow, 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 meow mix, mix, mix it up. up. The rebellion, <laughs> a protest, rebellion. You know, what is a rebellion if not just a little bit of a shaking up the norms, huh? <laughs> Anyhow, we see, especially in the Victory Tour, which is the first time we acknowledge the Victory Tour in this episode here, um, we notice that Katniss is becoming aware that there is, she can feel the tensions, kind of. You know, Snow warns her, like, hey, you convince some people, but not enough of them. you got to convince them now. You've got to put out this fire. Um, and when she's in the district, she realizes there are people excited to see her, but not because she's the victor. They're excited to see her because she's the Mockingjay. And especially, that is confirmed when she runs into Bonnie and Twill, um, who are fleeing from District 8. And so we see, and this, this section is called The Spark. Um, so we're seeing kind of the, the spark of rebellion here. We're seeing that Katniss unintentionally has started this and and we mentioned a little bit earlier that like this is not new this has been brewing for a while but it was her that t she hit the first domino she was the spark oh. that is not air that came off that oh i hated that even more um but yeah like rebellions don't happen overnight right and i feel like the capital probably knew this was happening for a while it's just real unfortunate it had to be katniss right right i don't think that 
Snow would have been as as quick to the punch if he didn't know in the back of his mind that like mm-hmm. something is you know happening, and then all of a sudden this this little girl shows up, and it's then the the people are like, all right, now's yeah. our chance. Well, I and this reminds me a lot of. I'm sorry to cut you off, Brett. You good? Um, but this reminds me a lot of the conversation her and Hamish have at the end of the first book. She, you know, she says, "I wasn't thinking about starting this rebellion. I was thinking about keeping us alive, getting us both out of there." And it's like this, she unintentionally started this. Right, which is interesting that, you know, her just staying alive sort of accidentally sparks a rebellion. Um, But it could be, you know, an even even larger point that uh, poor people in this society trying to, you know, stay alive and thrive is an act of rebellion. You know, poor people from District 12 are not supposed to get very far in life. And by her simply existing in this space of, you know, being victorious, that in and of itself is rebellious, you know? She wasn't supposed to make it that far. She was not supposed to live. That's all. That was a good point. Um, I didn't finish it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find... There's a line in here, um, and I'm trying to find it here. Um, she, um, she tells him, you know, I didn't mean to start any rebellions... Um, and then she, she questions, she's like, it must be, oh, um, oh, here it is. It must be very fragile if a handful of berries can bring it down. And it's true. Snow's, and this wraps back into control. Snow's control over all of the districts is so thin that it, just that handful of berries is what caused it. And, and in that first, first section of chapter two, she says, any act of rebellion was purely coincidental. But we see that this coincidence is, is going to obviously lead to the demise. Right. I just love Katniss as a protagonist because everything she does is kind of on accident. Mm-hmm. Like, she wasn't making some big statement, like, volunteering for the games. It was just like, oh, oh I, gotta, I gotta go save my sister. And then she sort of accidentally, you know, Started her friend's room. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. She sort of accidentally tries to, you know, like, unalive at the end of the games. <laughs> um and then accidentally was the caveat for a rebellion. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that's pretty fair. Um, I don't think that that takes away from any of her, because she's a very skilled protagonist. Oh, there's, yeah, yeah. She's she smart, has. and she knows what's happening. She's just not... She sort of Mr. Magoo's her way into <laughs> a lot of the plot. She doesn't wake up and like, you know, today is the day I crumble a, an empire. Mm-hmm. No, it's just like, mm. well, and... We see, we'll see a lot of this come the first half of Mockingjay, where we learn that everything, ca- all the powerful moments Katniss has done have been accidental. There is not a thing that girl does on purpose that sounds genuine. Which is so funny, because she is smart. Yeah, she's smart, she's resourceful, she's very talented, just she's not good with, like, prepped <laughs> statements. There is something that uh, you said earlier, Rachel, that I want to sort of jump back to real quick. Um, not only is everything very fragile in this, uh, and that Snow sort of jumped on Katniss as this sparked very quickly, but so did the rest of the all of the districts. They all jumped on this. I think everybody knew that something was brewing, and they needed one person or action or movement to latch onto in order to get the ball rolling. And not to bring too much real-life politics into this, but we kind of saw very similar things uh, during the summer. There, these 
like sort of race issues had been boiling in America for quite a long time. And then a, a tragedy occurs and everyone goes, okay, that was the last straw. We are jumping now. And that sort of goes with what a lot of like rebellions and revolutions sort of start out with one spark, one small incident, while maybe not the like the biggest example overall is what it takes to sort of get everyone up in arms and ready to revolt. Yes, and I think that's an excellent point. And it kind of reminds, since, you know, they talk about fire a lot in this the whole series, it kind of reminds me of, like, if you have a campfire and you have, like, hot coals underneath, you may not see flames and, you know, there might not be a whole lot of light coming off of that, but there is something there. There is heat there. And all it takes is, like, you know, a gust of wind or, you know, some kindling, and then it's, like, this huge fire. <sighs> And that's, you know, that's what Katniss is. She is that that spark. This is, you know, the heat's on. It's It's been happening for a while, sort of smoldering. Is that the word? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Getting ready. And then she shows up. And, you know, Snow is very quick to, like, like snuff that out. Um, and the leaders of the rebellion are very quick to, like, no, like, this is the, this to, is the girl. To fuel the flame. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, and they're like. The leaders of the rebellion are the ones with like they've got the rug and they're shaking it. The yeah, like, go on, do it. And so is the one like trying to blow up a candle. I won't blow the mic, but I just imagine like rebellion and then snow, and they're just like, like, like blowing at each other. <laughs> <laughs> the last big topic or theme that we have for this episode is secrets. We see Peta immediately get mad. About the fact Katniss is, didn't share the fact that Snow is after them immediately. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, like understandable. And and this is this like theme of secrets is seen throughout this section of Katniss is keeping a lot to herself. And it's I think it's more so to protect everybody, but in turn she's hurting a lot of people by not just airing out her secrets. When she doesn't know who to trust yes she doesn't you know, it's, she's big brain in this <laughs> yet again kind of with the big brain rolling she's up here. not she's not gonna put all her cards on the table she's gonna keep something to herself um because she does she doesn't know who she can she has no reason to trust any of these people well and she mentions she's like there are three people i can talk to and i trust normal because she says, you know, she can't trust her mom or Prem. Not because she can't trust them, but because she doesn't want them to worry about her. She can't trust Gail. She doesn't know what Gail's going to do anymore. She can trust Senna. But when is she going to be able to talk with him in a non-recorded in private, setting? yeah. She can trust Peta, but that whole relationship is completely strained. And she can trust Hamish, the drunk. <laughs> like, And then th- that's almost a direct quote from her. She's like, guess i got the town drunk the boy that hates me and the guy from the capital what else we got here and i don't and i think i guess trust is probably a better um direction to take this conversation because she has so many secrets that she can't tell that anybody she can't tell anybody them right well i think there's bigger secrets too not that not that katniss is not the only one with secrets um she learns there's a secret rebellion Mm-hmm. that no one told her about that they can't tell her about no i mean it's a secret rebellion i, I understand <laughs> i understand the premise i am familiar you know it'd be rude if you if you told about the secret rebellion i mean i'm supposed to know about that and we told right. <laughs> right but there's like this this like secret rebellion that's happening um that katniss learns that 
she's a part of. Not only that, but she finds out the sort of, and this is a little bit, uh, this is like near the end of the section that we read, but she finds out that District 13 may still be kicking after everything. So that is not only another secret that the Capitol has kept from her, but rather just a secret that it seems like the world itself is keeping from her. It's but been something that teens keeping from her. Yeah, it's been like one of their closest neighbors uh, that they could go to that has presumably been decimated forever. And now not only their sort of um, the production that they did instead of graphite, it was like nuclear weapons. They just decide, oh yeah, sorry, we're still kicking. Don't worry about that. We're we're right here. Just shush. <laughs> right. I not to like. I don't, I don't think the people of District 13, like, deserve to die. But also, why would you, like, if you're making a new country, why would you have 13 districts? Like, I probably would have, like, blown them off the map, too. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just a bad I like number. The, I like the number 13, though. Well, of course you do. Wow, it's unlucky, I'm sorry. Though. Sh- they should have expected it. They're unlucky That's what they get for being 13. number 13. Exactly. Right. That's why you skip it on the elevator. Actually, it should have been District 14. <laughs> no District 13. Um, there's actually uh, <laughs> one more thing I wanted to touch on, our sort of the trust aspect of this, mm-hmm. is that not only are there very few people that Katniss can trust, but there are very few like atmospheres that Katniss can trust. The forest was like her safe haven. Anything that happened there she felt like was between her and Gale. And then they share that kiss in there, and Snow rolls up like, <laughs> actually uh <laughs> i saw that kiss on camera um i don't Weird. know i don't what a know weirdo you got caught in 4k they <laughs> <laughs> get you in 4k <laughs> um but yeah there is nowhere sacred anymore i mean the forest was the one thing i like that word sacred like yeah because yeah, there isn't i mean the one place that katniss feels safe is taken from her and then she still kind of has her home on the scene that she loses at the end of this book there's no going back to it mm-hmm. and there is no sacred place for her anymore man that got depressing i'm sorry <laughs> it got a little depressing but that's fine it's a depressing <laughs> part of the book it is this is not the most exciting part of the book uh, it, okay let me rephrase no it's probably one of the, my favorite sections of the series mm-hmm. this is not the most like emotionally Intense. like fluffy yeah <laughs> But uh, we'll go ahead and roll over to our characters. And we've got three today. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about Katniss, Peeta, and Gale. Um, the big three. Shut up. <laughs> I've seen the big three, okay? I've seen the big three. <laughs> uh, we. Yeah, they're like the, the three main characters. And they're the ones that... Um, they were portrayed as like this sort of love triangle, which always kind of interested me because to me there was no there was no competition. It was not a love triangle. It was a love like line, and then there was this guy over here who got wore his feelings ex- hurt, <laughs> wore axe body spray. Um, but yeah, well, and so we'll go ahead and start off with this because I have been brewing this. I want to crap on Gail so bad. He sucks in this section um, from the whole kiss situation. Which is basic, first off, Gail's pride gets hurt because Katniss is like, I have money. Let me make sure your family doesn't starve. And he's like, no, I'm not taking your money. I'm, not, I'm barely going to take your hunt. And she's like, bruh, I'm just making sure your family doesn't die. You would have done the same for me. And he's like, no, I'm the man. Mm-hmm. I don't want your money. money. Let this just be. I, 
I think that there is something that Gale thought about almost in a romantic sense of Katniss isn't going to survive. I don't think Gale expected her to survive that game, especially didn't expect any of the stunts with PETA. And when she came back, I do not think it even crossed his radar that she was going to need to support him. And that sort of broke his entire reality of what he had planned for their future uh, in general. And maybe not even their future, his future, including Katniss. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think there was a lot of other people in that dream of his. Uh, And then when when she came along and was the grand victor that broke everything down, he got, I mean, for lack of a better term, he got real butthurt. Yeah, like, disgustingly so. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, the thing that gets me is, like, and I guess this is what I keep thinking of, Gail... Gil has had to survive, yes. But he did not have to survive the same way Katniss did. Katniss has always had to survive with others. It was never like, she was never begrudging about saving other people. She's, we've ta- we talked about this last week, she's almost selfless to a fault. Gail, for him, the s- survival was getting himself, al- keeping himself alive. And then he guessed he would keep his family alive. And I, and, and I think that's the thing, is in Katniss's mind, her survival looks very different than what Gail's did. And I don't think Gail understands Katniss's level of survival now. He doesn't understand the threats that are on him, his family, Katniss's family, and PETA. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I, I think you also see that uh, when Katniss brings up running away. It's like, let's, let's run away. We'll get out of here. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure, I'm down. We can bring your family, PETA. And he goes, oh, I thought it was just going to be us. Uh, never. You know what? Actually, I'm busy I that said day. So. <laughs> yeah. like, why, would it, why would it just be them? I understand in his little like mind. He's like, oh, we're cottage core van life. We're going to run away from <laughs> District 12. We're going to live in a little colony. And Oh, what's that? A dog coming onto our property? Oh, yeah. Okay. And it just shows you it's not that they're not on the same page. They are reading totally different books. Because Gail's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna run away to the woods, and then Katniss is like, if I don't keep all of our families alive, it's going to kill me. And Gail's like, do, 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 oh, cottage core wedding, we're gonna we're gonna hunt deer, and then Katniss I got a chicken, <laughs> <laughs> and then Katniss is like, um, so the government has a hit out on all of our families. We need to go right now. Um, I guess I'm gonna you know feed all these people and keep them alive. And also, I'm making sure that the two friends that I have made along the way are staying alive, too. And I think it's, I think another thing is, too, in Katniss's mind, Peta and Hamish are her family now. Like, well, they share trauma. Yeah, they share a bond <laughs> that, like, literally no one else can understand. Right. But also, and especially in talking about the, the running away, for Katniss, it was like, this is the only way we're going to survive this. And but she knows if she runs away, then they're just gonna kill Peta. They will torture him. She knows that they'll come after Peta and Hamish. And I think in Katniss's mind, that's the reason they have to come with her. Right. Well, and for her, it's not, it's not about just self preservation. Or maybe it is self preservation. You know, maybe she sees her family as an extension of herself. So, saving herself also includes saving her family. And now that Hamish and Peta are a part of that family, you know. They they get to come along for the ride. And same thing with Gail, you know. For all intents and purposes, Gail is her best friend. Therefore, an extension of herself. So saving herself would mean saving Gail. Um, 
and you know gail's family can come too because why wouldn't they (laughs) but okay so like i said the thing that really just irks me about gail is just his whole entitlement so he feels entitled to katniss like he was and um they talk about this a little bit in that section where she's in the hob that everybody was like gail was not in a great mood when Peta said he loved you or the entirety of the end of the games sure he's glad she lived but he's not glad Peta did mm-hmm. um and it's just very gross i just i think entitlement's a good word for it yeah I so, man i put all this time into this one girl and um and she friend zoned me so she just saved her now life. i'm gonna go mm. now i'm gonna go murder her and I, and I think that's actually an interesting thing that we can draw between Gail and Peta mm-hmm. is that they both have a little bit of entitlement uh, at, the, at the very least in certain parts of them. Whereas Gail's is you belong to me and I'm going to be angry at Peta for even existing, for surviving that entire game. Whereas Peta, after coming back and realizing what the situation is, he's sort of he's a little angry at first. Uh, with some right there but he does apologize and go you know what i am sorry i should not have jumped i knew that there was at least something between you and gail i am not going to pretend to like you deserve to be with me let's just be friends for now well and i think i think the big difference is too katniss multiple times in the first book tells gail like i do not want a family i do not want to tether myself here you know like yes she is he is her best friend but to her, there wasn't anything more than that until after after she realized the possibility that it could be. I feel like Katniss, especially in that first book, was very naive about the fact that, like, relationships were a thing. Um, well, when do you have time for right. a relationship? When you're staying alive. Right. Um, but she, there is never an inkling that she, like, she does not let on to PETA that there is not something there. Especially especially the follow-up to the games there's no time for her to let him know that like hey i don't actually love you Ooh, real quick, but we're alive right right oh did i forget to mention like, the, uh, this is all fake so personally i think Peta's response is normal or not not yeah normal I, it's understandable why he reacted that way right he thought she was in love with him she never gave that's the difference, I think, between him and Gail. Katniss told Gail multiple times, no, there is nothing here. I don't want anything. And then she, her and Peter never, never had that conversation. And so, and he doesn't learn that until after everything has happened. And we talked about that last week. There's so much happening in that scene. But we get now that the first time that him and Katniss are really alone, that there's this, they, there's overarching, like, big bad happening. He's just honest with her. I don't care if you ever fall in love with me. We're stuck. We should at least try to be friends. It's very big of Peta to do, I think. I agree. Nothing but love for Peta. Actually, my very first name on Instagram was Team underscore Peta. <laughs> that wasn't even my fandom account. That was my personal account. <laughs> like I posted pictures of myself attached mm. to that name. I. <laughs> I feel like That's <laughs> the adaptation the adaptation is the reason so many people were Team Gale. If you read the books, you were not Team Gale. 
Yeah, they Liam's cast a hot actor. Like Liam, so they could push the love triangle thing. Right, Thor's brother as Gale. Like, yeah, understandable. He was pretty handsome. <laughs> I do like love me a war criminal. <laughs> Stop telling her ever, I'm pretty sure, like almost every character in this book is a war criminal, at least in some points. Although maybe not. I don't, I don't know. know. Peter had to get tortured before he That's was a war true. criminal. That's what? True. Uh, 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 spoiler. <laughs> you got me there no spoilers i mean katniss really isn't a war criminal uh y- she defied the government and started oh, a okay. rebellion not on purpose well i mean yeah, she, that's true. A- she mr magoot her way through she <laughs> said can you ask- what's this button do that's the, actually that'll be the question for for anybody listening to plop down in a comment section like answer this is Katniss a war criminal? Can yes. you accidentally be a war criminal? <laughs> um, well, and let's go ahead and talk about, um, of course, we've done a lot of talking on Katniss. Um, but I think the biggest thing I want to talk about on her character, too, is in this section, she is afraid. She she has been scared before, obviously. She was, a, you know, she was scared that, that her family wasn't going to make it. But this was like a, like... This is a different fear. Right. This is not the, like, day-to-day fear. This is... This isn't, like, fear that she's able to master. Like, the fear of her family starving, she could solve. She could, had a way around it. How is she going to conquer this fear of her family getting taken from her with no... Like, she doesn't have... There was no way for her to overcome this fear. Katniss, mm-hmm. so. for sure, has a bit of a rough hand in this one. Uh <laughs> Like we've stated earlier, she is kind of just doing what she needs to survive. Uh, in almost every step of the way, just, okay, the only way I can get out of this one alive is if I pretend to love Peta. Okay, the only way I can get out of this one is if I try to sacrifice us both, because they need a victor. Um, okay, now I have to continue to love this guy forever. Now I gotta get married. Now I gotta go on this tour, continuing until... Now I have to go in the games again because what I have done so far was not good enough. And everything that I have done has only made things worse in the capital rise. Mm-hmm. Um, there is not much of, there's not much more the government could do against Katniss without outright killing her. They're kind of putting quite a lot of force onto making not an example of her, but using the full extent of the law and what they can do to no, prosecute They her. are making an example of her to anybody else, any other Victor. And we'll see a little bit when we learn, um, when we kind of meet the other Victors later in this book, that he is making Katniss an example to the other Victors. You challenge me. You know, this is this is your fate. And the other Victors are examples for Katniss. Look at Hamish. Look at, look at Fennec. Look what, you know, what becomes of these characters. Um... She is an example, and hypothetically, if there would have been other victors after her, they've been like, you pull what she pulled, you will always be under attack. Mm-hmm. Oh. I guess we can go ahead and do our MVP and LVP. Um, LVP first. Would you like to go first again this week, Rachel, or do you want Brett to go? Yeah, sure. I'm going to go with um, Mr. Thread. <laughs> I almost said Rhombus Thread. Um that's not his name romulus thread yeah um i mean he like punched katniss in the face so 
he gets a he gets a zero out of ten for that one. Zero of ten does not respect women. <laughs> yeah, it does not does not respect women. Um, also, he's on this weird power trip. Like, calm down. You're a cop in a coal mining town. Like, get over yourself. It, like, like where where do you get off like hitting people? Come on. We've already seen this. 1920s Coalfield, West Virginia. Like, move yeah, on. Get over. Yeah, it. It, it ain't cute. Move on. That's my LVP. I'll take that. Uh, that's very fair. Sorry if I take yours. My LVP is Gale. Um, Gale, I mean, what else can be said about this? This dumb, dumb man. He is incredibly rude to Katniss, turning down every single chance uh, she can to help, which isn't just like, oh, that's not his right to turn these things away because he is endangering his family. He is being given many, many options for help and is turning all of them down out of pure pride. And it's incredibly annoying, and Katniss could have been a lot better off if Gale just decided to take a road such as PETA and be like, okay, you know what, uh, you make your own decisions, uh, let's just keep it as friends, we don't need to force anything right now. <laughs> you did absolutely, in fact, take mine. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's fine. Um, I would like to make my LVP whoever narrates the audiobook on the, the audiobook website I use. That's uh, a real person. For making me realize that Hazel, Gail, Gail's mom, is actually Hazel. I, d- I don't know. What's that effect called, like, when you remember things? Mandela? Compl- yeah. I thought that her name was Hazel. It's not. It's Hazel. And it makes me mad. Um, but um, I guess aside from that, I will make my my LVP all peacekeepers. I'm going to take yours and we'll one-up you. Um a P A B. Yes. Um, specifically the ones in District Eleven. Who there's just this old man, really just like. I don't think the old man was trying to pull a rebellion either, but they were like, mm, die. He totally was trying to do a rebellion. I mean, you don't sing the rebellion song and do the rebellion but hand it wasn't motion a, but if you're not trying okay, to. Do okay, the a rebellion, rebellion hand motion. Okay, but the rebellion song. I don't think that was a rebellion song to start off with. Well, it is. I think now. he. I think he was just trying to let Katniss know that she was she was being seen and they appreciated it and then the peace I mean I'm not I'm not defending the Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but old man was totally trying to don't, don't discount old you man. Your, you got your thin white flag up there. Thin white line flag. No. No, I'm saying put <laughs> some, put some respect on dead old man's name. He was trying to do a re- do a rebellion. <laughs> okay, MVPs. Um, I am going to go with Hunger Games Cinematic Universe Buttercup from the first movie. <laughs> yeah, huh? Because I feel bad. I just want to know, did the cat die? Did they fire the cat? Did it have creative differences? <laughs> Is there some, like... You know, I just I'm just thinking that I I think it's what? probably best for my role here if I don't meow. I think I think I like a sort more of a sullen uh sort of squint is going to give a better thing. Like, was you guys got any uh any catnip around here? First Gotta of all, unwind. that's not how Hunger Games Cinematic Universe Movie 1 Cat would have sounded like. However, that's definitely uh, Cinematic Universe Cat number 2. Yeah. Yeah, but I just wanted to know, was there like a contract like did the cat say something like problematic and they had to let mm. it go from the project? I don't know. That is my MVP, um, mainly because I have questions. So, so uh, book book one movie cat is a milkshake duck. Is that what you're saying? It could be. We don't know. Okay. Um, my MVP 
moving forward is gonna be uh, snow, which is a weird sentence. I don't like snow as a human being. I think that I want to get that one out here first. However, he's a very well-written character, especially right now. Our very first glance into him is him being very cunning, very manipulative. You're not sure if what he is doing is intentional or not, but I think that that is the point, is that either you do not know or every single thing that has happened from this point has been planned out to the action and sort of acting almost in antithesis to um, to Katniss just sort of stumbling into her uh, successes. Snow has had to plan out every single step and is trying as desperately as he can to keep everything he's worked for together, whether that is a good thing or not. Nice. I agree. I think Snow is... Katniss is accidentally playing 4D chess. Snow is... He made the board. Mm -hmm. Um, My MVP is going to be Senna um, for being Katniss's friend. Um, There's the scene where, like, she's talking about where she's like, oh, you know, I have to find a talent for the victory tour and that nothing worked, but I can kind of do this this fashion design thing because Senna's just doing it for me. And there's this real precious scene where they're looking through her designs to, like, shoot some videos of it. And she leans, you know, he's opening up his own sketchbook. And she's like, oh, I think I did pretty good. And he's like, get out of here, you useless girl. (laughs) And it's just very sweet. Um, So, Senna, MVP, for just being Katniss's friend. Yeah. Yes. For those of you wondering, Suzanne Collins requested that the cat was recast. So it would be more book accurate. Mm. And director Francis Lawrence obliged. Do you want a different MVP then? Or are you... No. Are you still pouring one out for no. our man? The Just, first Justice for Hunger Games Cinematic Universe Movie 1 Buttercup. HGCU. We got to get on this. We got to solidify <laughs> our choices more. Right. Francis Lawrence, what's up? Let's talk. I just want to talk. Can't talk. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, of course, you can always listen to us at u19themoose.com at 11 a.m. on Fridays. If it is almost noon on a Friday, um, you're listening to the end of this, you can always go over to uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor Itself, and find our our podcast under The Classroom with Brett and Hal, um, where you can always stream us whenever you want. Of course, leave a comment. Um, leave one of those really neat audio messages um, on Anchor so they like, know you exist. Yeah. Uh, make sure, if, if you got the time, if you like what we're doing out here, uh, drop us a review on anywhere that you can find great podcasts. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. It helps us get the word even, out about Even if stuff. you hate us. Even if you hate us. Actually, prefer it. Even if you hate us, it'll give us some nice uh, feedback for going forward. Uh, yeah. So thank you so much uh, for listening game, guys. We really appreciate it. And uh, with that, we will catch you guys next week. And Bye. And we're meow. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, you're talking about Remus. That's the, he's the guy from Harry Potter. You mean...